The CWR Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. We are the champion for important causes and issues like financial literacy. That is why so many people listen to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show. Lionel is a seasoned veteran in the finance industry, but more importantly, Lionel cares about people. He shares his vast knowledge of the finance world in a personal way that goes beyond dollars and cents with advice that makes sense. So let Lionel help you get your finances in order or avoid costly errors in judgment that may be devastating to you and your family. Listen to the Lionel Shipman Check Your Finances show every Tuesday and exclusively on the CWR Talk Network at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Central. And hello and welcome to the Lionel Shipman Shaping Finances Show here on the CWR Talk Network. And I am your host, Lionel Shipman. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. And I want to give a huge shout out and thank you to all of my regular listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. And to all of my new listeners, thank you so much for joining me tonight. And hopefully you will become a regular listener going forward. And most importantly, thank God for another day to make a positive difference in the lives of other people. Now, for all of my new listeners, uh, my radio show is a financial and life empowerment show, focusing in on improving your financial outlook. But it doesn't stop there. I'm here to give you some life lessons. That means educating you into other important areas of life, mind, body, and spirit, to help you live life to the fullest. So in a nutshell, I am here to help. You. Well, tonight, I tell you, I look forward to this. Uh, every year, I have a very good friend, returning guest, powerhouse speaker, educator. Every time she's here on my show, I always have to break out my notebook, pen, and pad. Well, actually, every time I talk to her, I have to break out a pen and pad. It's just something about her that I always learn something every time I have a conversation with her. So we have returning guest, Ms. Keisha Rivers here on the show. You're going to catch her uh, coming up shortly. We're going to be talking about her new book called Equipped for Change, Doing the Deep Work of Transformation. So stay tuned. That segment is coming right up. I can get these other things out of the way. If you have any questions tonight, you can call in at 917 889-8078. You can call in with your questions and or your comments. Uh, if you don't know, you can always listen to my show on demand. Uh, so that means at any time you want to, we can be heard on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So let's get started. We have as my guest tonight... Um, She's been here, oh gosh, at least four or five times. Uh, she's the founder and chief outcome facilitator of the Cars Group Limited, specializing in providing personal and professional strategic development services to small businesses, organizations, and individuals. She is also the founder and executive director of the Cars Institute for Learning and Collaboration a 501c3 nonprofit organization whose mission is to provide training, resources, and support to nonprofits, community organizations, churches, 
schools, and small businesses. She's also a grant writer, adjunct instructor, former foundation executive director, educator, and administrator. And I have to say, the list goes on and on. So if you want to hear the rest of her bio, I suggest going to her website uh, also and to catch her new book that's coming out real, real soon. But let's welcome to the show tonight, Ms. Keisha Rivers. Hello, Keisha. How are you doing tonight? I am fine. How are you, Lionel? <laughs> I am doing wonderful. Always good to have you here. Well, it is always a pleasure to be back. You know, we have such great conversations anytime we talk, so. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think this is, I love having you here in January to kind of give us a boost to start off the new year right. So uh, thank you for your your expertise, your knowledge, your wisdom, your friendship, and uh, just all around being a good sister to me. So thank you for being here. Well, you are welcome. So uh, you made it through the holidays. How was your holidays, by the way? They actually went by really fast. Um, <laughs> and I, I think it was it was more so because I was uh, looking at, um, you know, finishing things up with the book, and I had some deadlines with my publisher, and there were some other things I wanted to, to wrap up while I, I geared up for some new opportunities uh, this year in 2021 um, and looked at scaling uh, my business a bit. And uh, so it did, I didn't really take a whole lot of time off. I really got the uh, maybe the long weekend, uh, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday type of deal. So I look to make up for it during my birthday next month. <laughs> I don't blame me. That's right. Absolutely. Make up for it. I think we all going to have to make up for it coming from last year. So uh, we have a lot yep. of making up to do. <laughs> cool. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, cool. We're good. Well, uh, for everyone, like I said, again, we're going to be talking about uh, Keisha's new book, Equip for Change, Doing the Deep Work of Transformation. I have to say, Keisha, I love the cover. I love the title and cannot wait to uh, read the book. And, uh, of course, we give all the information at the end of the show regarding uh, how people can get their hand on the book. But uh, what, what was your overall message? or lesson you want readers to obtain from the book? Let me start off by asking that. Well, um, it was actually interesting because the the process that I started um, in terms of writing this, uh, this is my, my third book that I've published, and um, this one was going to be different. The first two were more geared towards personal development and, and personal empowerment and motivation and inspiration. And this one... I said, I'm going to write a quote-unquote professional book about what organizations need to do to equip their people for change. You know, how do, our, how do organizations make this pivot? How do they get their people on board? And I actually wrote the first 10,000 words or so. And when I read it, I said, this is crap. This isn't what I want to write. <laughs> Now, you got that far into it, and then you decide that. I got that far into it. And what I realized is, and, and, and there were so many things that intersected. So I started writing off and on uh, the first part of 2020, and I got to the point where I'd done the first 10,000 words, 
um, you know, COVID was going on. I was writing during that point in time to try to finish it up and, and get it, get it going. And I, and I actually was supposed to turn the first couple of chapters in to the publisher for them to read um, and review. And when I read it, there was so much going on in the world. There was, you know, COVID-19 and trying, and we were in the midst of the beginnings of the, of, of uh, stay at home orders. And there was all of this uncertainty about, you know, what is work going to look like now? There were people being laid off because businesses were being closed. There was, there was all of this upheaval and chaos going on. And then on top of that, in May, George Floyd was murdered. Yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. everything just kind of blew up um, when it came to, you know, systemic racism and discrimination. And there was a new spotlight that was shown on all of the, the racist tendencies and, 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 and the underbelly of this country that uh, people try to hide. And I realized that we didn't need another book for companies telling them how to get their people prepared to pivot so they can make more money. That wasn't relevant, and that wasn't what was needed. What we needed was a book that equipped people to do the deep work of transforming themselves to create their next normal. And so this book is the book that is for someone who is trying to make sense of the fact that their life is not going to be the same moving forward because 2020 just blew everything out of the water. This is for someone who's making a career shift because what they were doing before is no longer viable because either they were downsized or their company closed or they, they figured out that that's no longer what they want to do. This is for someone who is trying to lead a team of people who are trying to figure out what's next when it comes to the way that their company now requires them to show up for work. This is for someone who has their own business and is looking at how do I change? How do I transform? How do I maintain relevancy when people have other things on their mind closer to survival than they do buying whatever I have to offer? This is a book about the process of change. And, and throughout the book, I keep, I keep saying, and if anybody's listened to my podcast or, or listened to me speak um, or read anything that I wrote, my favorite saying is that change is a process, not an event. There is the uh, catalyst of the event, the thing that smacks you in your head and makes you, you know, sit up and take notice. Then there's the shift of transformation where your mindset shifts and your way of thinking shifts and therefore the things that you do shift. And then there's that next normal of application where whatever it is that you have transformed into, whatever it is that you have pivoted, whatever it is that you have innovated into, that is now your next normal. That is now what you're used to. So the message in this book, it started out one thing, and, 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 and I just scrapped all of that and started over and, and really just wrote from the heart um, gotcha. based on my experiences and you know, the fact that I, I look back over my life and, and I made a comment to someone. I said, you know what? My life is a master class in change. <laughs> yeah. I, think had, I think I've had more than my share of change. Um, yeah. I think I got some other people's share, too. But, um, but yeah, it's just it, it, it's this is more of a not only of hope, but right. this is a book of a how-to. 
in terms of how to navigate it. Well, perfect. That's a, that's a very good opening. I mean, it touches on, to me, it kind of touches on everybody in some form or fashion, especially when it comes to change. I mean, 20, you're right. 2020 rocked our world and uh, Mm -hmm. uh, from families, relationships, career, business, uh, teams, you know, in every way, business owner, everybody have had to pivot in some form or fashion. Some, unfortunately, are having to start over. And it, it, the first time I heard you say the word uh, to talk about the process of change, and change is the process that begins with an event. Uh, that stuck with me, of course, of uh, just getting to know you and talking with you. And then just looking at my own life and how we all have to go through that. But out mm-hmm. of that, why, why does the change process distract us from the benefits of the change? That's just, well, you have to answer that. creatures of habit, you know, and, yeah. and here's the thing. We have become conditioned as we get older to wanting things to be the same to wanting, quote-unquote, stability, to wanting something that, you know what, I've got so many moving parts in my life, the less things that I have to devote a lot of brain power to, the better. So I want things as routine as possible because I want a sense of security. I want a sense of safety. I want to feel as if I know where I'm going and I can control things. Really, it comes down to wanting to control things. That's why we're so change adverse and risk averse because the older we get and the more quote unquote mature we are and the more we are we are fed this line that we are in control of our own destiny no we're not we ain't controlling nothing (laughs) (laughs) but we resist change right no we're not and i will tell you i i tell people all the time in one of my past lives i was a first grade teacher and I, I had an epiphany one day when I sat in front, I stood in front of my class of 27 six-year-olds mm. and I realized there's only me and there's 26 of them. If they decide they don't want to do what I tell them to do, I can't do a thing about it. If they decide all of a sudden yeah. they want to start jumping up and down and everything. I can yell and scream and, and, you know, threaten them with timeouts and all that. They don't have to right. listen to me. Yeah. And, and at that moment, I realized that control is an illusion. <laughs> we don't have control <laughs> over anything. <laughs> I never thought about that, but you're right. You're right. And, Good and point. So we spend so much of our time trying to convince ourselves that we have control because if you think about it, our concept of religion and God is to say that, well, God is in control. If I don't know what's going on, God knows. What about you just need to trust the process? We don't want to do that. We want the answers. We don't want to experience life. We want to control and dictate life. So when we look at that, that's why we resist change. Change is the only constant in our lives. It's the only thing that you know is going to happen. Yeah. Good point. Good point. But it, you know, it's hard because, you know, we, we focus on the pain. We focus on the inconvenience of the change. 
we focus on the timing, like what worse, a good example, last year, uh, latter part of last year, uh, unfortunately here in our home, we had water damage and we had to go through some major renovation uh, in four rooms. I mean, I'm talking about tearing up the floor, uh, the walls. We had to redo the um, uh, the roof and all. And it, it 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 was tough going through that, Keisha. I know that was part of the process, but uh, it's just one of those things that it, it it was a distraction because now seeing that everything is done, it looks wonderful. I mean, mm-hmm. everything is done. But you're right. Sometimes it's so hard to look to me looking at the end result of what I want or what I need. I'm looking at only just the here and now. And that's not always the best thing because it's beyond our control. Just like you said, you know, is I I wanted to control everything. I wanted to control the timing. And and that was not that that's not for me to control. I just got to ride through the process. But here's the thing. If we stop trying to control the process, if we stop trying, because if you think about it, if you look at your hands, if you open, you know, look at it in front of you, if you open your hands, there's so much room, there's so many things you can put in it. But if you close your hand, nothing gets in and nothing gets out. And so often during life, when it comes to change, we want to grab on tight to what we already know and hold on to that. That means nothing that is not going to serve you can get out and nothing that's going to enhance you can get in. Good point. So it's a a mindset shift. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Take notes, everyone. I told you you're in for a treat tonight. And and that, I think that that, that's just in chapter one, by the way, uh, talking about uh, change. So uh, you hadn't, you hadn't got, we hadn't even hit liftoff yet. I mean, that's 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 great, uh, Keisha. I mean, that's it, you know, it's just one of those things. Uh, change is one of those tough areas. I think that we all kind of encounter. But uh, I know Listen, that. And, and let me let me stop you with this. I've okay. listened to the way you describe change. You describe it as um, inconvenient. You describe it as painful. You describe yes. it as frustrating. You describe it as something I have to go through. Mm -hmm. Our language and the words that we speak and the ways that we describe situations and circumstances is based on our mindset of how we think about those circumstances. And based on the way you think about it, that colors the way you see it. And based on the way you see it, that influences the way you go through it. Now, if I look at, you know, I was in Hurricane Katrina. Like literally in Hurricane Katrina, I was in the attic of my house with 15 feet of water coming up below me and holding on to the rafters of the roof with, you know, the wind howling around me, which is another story we'll probably get into a little bit later tonight. But I could look at Hurricane Katrina and the fact that I lost everything, literally. I had one pair of uh, a change of clothes in the duffel bag. I had the clothes on my back. That was it. And I could have looked at that as, oh, my gosh, woe is me. I've lost everything. Instead, I said, you know what? I didn't want to have to clean out this house anyway to move. (laughs) 
I can I'm go anywhere I want. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can Good go point. anywhere I want right now. I don't have to go back there. They just airlifted me out and, and dropped me in Eatonton, Georgia. I've never even been to Eatonton, Georgia. And they say, I can go anywhere I want. Wow. It's the way that you look at it. And I watch people who were like, oh, my gosh, I can't leave this property. I can't leave this. This is where I've always been. This is all I've ever known. And I'm like, but you have an opportunity. They just said they will take you anywhere you want to go. And you can start over. Hmm. You can go anywhere. You can build a new house. You can rent a new house. You can change your name. Shoot, you can't find your driver's license anyway. <laughs> you can do whatever you want right now. <laughs> but we are so conditioned to hold on to what we already know. And that comes from a lack of faith, to be honest. Yeah, good you, point. you believe that there is better for you if you're trying to hold on to what you have. True. That is so true. That That's a very good lesson. And I, I take that to heart. I, I will not look at the pain and the inconvenience and the timing. Change my mindset. Change my focus. Yep. That's part of the process. Now, that's, that, that's enough right there. That's a great lesson right there. But as they say on the commercial, there's more. <laughs> so I want to jump to uh, chapter eight. You were talking. You're talking about uh, leadership development. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you would, for all of us that are listening, uh, what do you mean, or, or give a little bit more explanation regarding leadership development, especially for businesses and organizations that are out there listening, and then also. If you could please share some of the pros and the things that we need to be aware of regarding leadership development. Well, I, and I, I will say this. My definition of leadership development is usually different from other people's definition. Most of the okay. time, and leadership development is like a hot button topic. It's always in demand. And most of the time when people talk about leadership development, they talk about management skills. They talk about productivity. They talk about process, decision-making, resource allegation, um, scheduling your talent. But instead of focusing on the management task, real leadership development is equipping people who understand the process of transformation, the deep work that's necessary in transformation and how to guide people through transformation. You cannot be a leader, a true leader, if you cannot rally people around the creation of a vision, if you cannot equip people with the, the confidence to be able to step into their gifts, their talents, their abilities, and to create a culture and an environment where your people feel safe and listened to and valued and that they can 1,000% show up wholly, fully, and authentically as who they are. You have to have accountability. You have to have a, a focus where we're all working together towards this big picture vision. And that's the part that people miss when they're talking about leadership development. That's the part that entrepreneurs miss, people who are building companies, people who are leading teams, people who are trying to get promotions. 
you miss the fact that this isn't about a task list. This isn't about you managing behavior. This is about you equipping your people to dream bigger, to walk on, walk in faith and, and believe in themselves and believe in you and believe in the vision to take drastic action, to innovate, to shift. And so the reason why that chapter is in this book is because in, in, in Equip for Change, I talk about two different processes, the personal aspect in terms of the journey of change and the organizational aspect in terms of what it means to do the deep work of transformation and shift organizations from the inside out. And unless you understand leadership, unless you're able to understand the intersection between vision and change and innovation and, and empowerment, unless you understand the intersection of all of that, then you're just a manager. You're trying to control behavior. So, so, so then it's important to get buy-in from the top when we're talking about leadership development there. You have to get buy-in from everybody. Yeah. They, yeah. They, it's top, middle, side, back, front. <laughs> 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 because because uh. here, here's the thing. When you are creating, and the work that I do with a lot of organizations and I work with a lot of teams, especially when I'm doing um, providing leadership development with, with teams, I talk to them about shared vision. It's one thing for you to walk into a room and say, I'm the person in charge. The buck stops with me. What I say go. This is the direction that we're headed in. This is how this is going to be run. This is the out, these are the outcomes that we want to achieve. This is how we're going to measure. When you go in and you start telling people what to do, and then you, quote, unquote, hold them accountable, which is basically a punitive system and saying if you don't do what I do then you know is my way or the highway right good point you you've got you've got that where you're trying to control people into following you you're trying to punish people into following you it's more of a yeah I have this leadership position by I have this leadership by position I don't have leadership through trust I don't have leadership through shared decision-making. I don't have leadership through a collaborative or community process. I have leadership strictly because it's my name and this title behind it. That's wow. typically what you see. Yeah. But on You're the right. other hand, if you have leadership through shared decision-making where other people have a voice, if you have leadership where everyone wants to join with you, and go alongside you. Not that they have to follow you, but they're right. alongside you because you have your sleeves rolled up just like they do. You may have a different job or a different task that you're performing, but you're still working alongside them. You have people who are not afraid to speak up and say, you know what? I was looking at this and maybe there's a different solution. I was looking at it from this vantage point and maybe we can try this. When you have people that are looking at this from a shared perspective and we're all in this together, mm-hmm. that's a whole different kind of leadership. That's transformational leadership. That's Very not good point. follow me or else. I, I guess it's called uh, inclusive environment. Yes. Where everybody's, everybody has the opportunity to contribute. Uh, it, it, your contribution is valued. 
you don't find that often, uh, Keisha. And I believe that in your book is is what's needed right now, and especially in our current environment, uh, where you've had companies that it was basically do it my way or you can go on the highway, you know. Mm-hmm. But when you have, when I know when I have a sense of people value me as a person, value my my uh, my ideas, my suggestions, my involvement, uh, it makes me feel better for the overall company. Uh, you that You're right. That is totally different than the leadership development that I understood it to be, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And part of and, and so and here's the thing. There's a difference in in if you look at companies that have been very successful. Um a lot of software companies that came out and you know, they just like skyrocketed and and became so successful because they were mm-hmm. focused on innovation and they were focused on everyone has to have a contributing voice. We're mm-hmm. all in this together. We're building something together. That's why they were very successful. Because of 2020, which I call, you know, they always say 2020 is perfect vision. 2020, you know, is, is, yeah. is you know, 2020 is hindsight. You know, hindsight is 2020. But I yeah. look at 2020 as being the year of perfect vision. We got a chance to see what was broken about our system. We got a chance yeah. to see what about our lives were things that really it was smoke and mirrors because we thought it was a lot more permanent than it was. Yep. We got a chance to see what this country in the U.S., what they actually do think about black lives and how they matter or don't. (laughs) We got a chance to see how corrupt our political system could be if in the hands of the wrong people. There was a whole lot of things where the veil was pulled back and all of a sudden those rose-colored glasses were pulled off. You got to take a hard look at a whole lot of things in 2020. Yes. And I, I know for me personally, it has literally changed my life, I believe, forever. And I mean that in a good way. Now, it, it was tough. We had a lot of challenges. Uh, I know even from some of our conversation, Keisha, you, you're right. The lessons learned. Well, let me ask this then. So, so of 2020, what are some of the lessons learned from a leadership perspective then that you can share with us tonight? What are some of the lessons learned from a leadership standpoint that came out of 2020? I mean, you're hitting on some now, but just... One of the main ones is that organizations had to stop paying lip service to this notion of their people being valued. Because, you know, everybody was saying, oh, we value our people. We, 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 we encourage our people to participate. We, we, we think that our, our most valued asset is our human capital. Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. Good point. 2020 forced them to consider their people because without their people being okay with working remotely, Without their people yep. having and having the support from the company to make the transition, to be at home during a pandemic and still trying to work. Not work from home, not remote work. No, I am at home 
during a pandemic, during a global pandemic, trying to work. I'm at home with the kids. I'm at home with the grandparents. I'm at home with the uncle, with the extended family. I'm at home with my friends who got evicted from their house and they're sleeping on our couch. I'm at home with the kids that are trying to homeschool, the dog and the cat that's going crazy, the grandparents and the other people who may be sick or people I may not have seen, people who may have gotten laid off, and then I'm trying to attend a, a, a team meeting on Zoom in the midst of all this chaos and try to put on this face like I'm okay? No. The number one leadership lesson that happened in 2020 is that your people come first. Your people matter. If you don't service your people and make sure they're okay, you don't have an organization. You don't have a company. You don't have a business. You don't have anything. Good point. That, that, that right there, that hit home right there, Keisha. That, you are so, so right. I mean, to go from an office to having to work from home during a pandemic with everything else, kids are out of school. I think back when my daughter was here for spring break and she couldn't go back to Boston. And mm-hmm. half, of her, half of her books, Keisha, were in Boston. So we're trying to figure out through the, with the professors how she's going to be able to even get her work done when she can't go back to Boston to get her get her, her other books. On top of that, I'm having to pivot because my job was affected. And now it's like, okay, I need to pivot. I got to make sure that we get this in place. Then we got to look at our budget to make sure that we now we got to hit our emergency fund just in case if things mm-hmm. don't uh, pan out the way it should. And then I got to make sure that my wife is fine. Then, lo and behold, my, my daughter fell down and got a concussion. Then my other daughter had to get surgery. Then I mm-hmm. end up having to get surgery. You are absolutely right. People yep. people should be in first place. Your employees should be in first place because people matter. That You are absolutely right. Mm-hmm. You are absolutely, that is huge. That's huge. And, and one thing that they've learned on top of all of that, it was understanding the role that society and the things that happen in the world, understanding truly how that impacts your people. Because before, oh, we don't talk about politics at work. We don't talk about race at work. We don't talk about what's going on in the news at work. That's out there. That has nothing to do with us in here. Now you have a global pandemic. You have economic uncertainty because of a recession. You have uh, a, a series of protests that are sparked all across the country around yeah. race. You have black people who are being murdered by the hand, at the hands of police. And mm-hmm. every time another one of those videos are showing, your black employees, your people of color who work for you are feeling yeah. attacked. You have racists who were raising their head and flying the Confederate flag and feeling emboldened to talk yep. about how they were the superior race and how you have instances where your, your black indigenous people of color employees felt attacked online, yep. felt that they were not safe in their work environment because of some of the views that people who work with them hold. Yep. There was a whole lot of things that people could not sweep under the rug anymore. It was yep. all pulled back. 
And if we didn't learn anything else from a leadership standpoint, if we didn't learn anything else from an organizational standpoint, if we didn't learn anything else from a community standpoint, is that people matter. Wow. That, you, you could do a book on that right there. Uh, that's your next hey, That's your follow-up. Hey, that's your follow-up right there, Keisha. We just, we just revealed it. <laughs> Why are you trying to get me to write another one already? I just got done with this one. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Hey, you know how you always push me, so I'm pushing you a little bit. I, I, I you know, we were, we will revisit this in about three months. I'm gonna give you three months off. And <laughs> look at you got that. Look at you got the timeline and everything. Just, just create more work on my plate. Thank you so well, much. I, I mean, it's 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 worth it. I mean, this is this is great information. I mean, I mean, from just just to leaders, but from all of our future leaders, these are things that you're going to have to start talking about if you're going to open up a small business, or if you're looking to expand your business, or if you're in a you're over a department or over a group of people. This information is critical because we're here now. We've experienced a whole lot 2020. Now it's time where the rubber meets the road and it, we need to go through this change, uh, this process, uh, ride it, and looking ahead to how beneficial this is going to be on the other side. You know, that, mm-hmm. I, I, that's what I, I try to keep my focus on. Even with, you know, I was talking to you about the, the renovations here at home. Um, my wife and I, we began to look at, you know what? We're about to get, for the most part, uh, a new home, at least half of it, with new floors. And now we can change some things up. We can change the painting. Mm-hmm. What, you know, we wouldn't have been able necessarily to do that all at once the way it happened. But look at how it came out. So yep. that's that's fantastic. And that and that's the key when you look at your when you when you look at change. I always and and I've had to and I don't tell people to do anything that I haven't done. These are yeah. all lessons that I've learned. These are all things that I have found that has gotten me through so many instances. You know, from losing everything and being on a roof for five days in Hurricane Katrina to you know having three major surgeries in three and a half weeks and spending fourteen and a half days in the hospital and almost dying and then having to lose my business because I was on my back for nine months trying to get myself physically able to work and all of the other near-death experiences and I say other because there's been more than one near-death experiences I've had not to mention had losing everything and starting over again sleeping in my car at truck stops because I was homeless I'm not telling anyone anything I have not lived through and Mm -hmm. I have not used myself to help me keep going And the way that you look at change, the way you think about change, the way you you examine the pain that you may be going through because it's uncomfortable, whenever you experience discomfort, that means it's a sign that something needs to shift. Yeah. Mm. And Uh. and it's a key to ask yourself, what is it about this that needs to shift? Is it my attitude? Is it my perspective? Is it the thing that I thought that I could do forever because I'm just comfortable like this? Is it that I've outgrown where I am and this is no longer challenging me? Is it, you know what, this 
actually was a good thing because we could have never afforded to do this or we would have never done this. And there's always a learning opportunity. There's all, if we stop focusing so much on what we are quote unquote losing, let's instead start looking at what we're investing. Yeah. Is it worth it to you if I told you, you know what, you could have a brand new house, but it's going to take a, a couple of months of you doing all these renovations all at once. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You would have said, well, shoot, I can get, you know, I can get over it. I can get it over with. I don't have to worry about it. You know, like, oh, and, and they're going to pay for it too. Okay, cool. Amen to that. <laughs> but because nobody you told know. you that. You must say, yeah. oh, my gosh, this is inconvenient. This is pay- This is ridiculous. And then I got to deal with this, and then I got to deal with that. And you're like, but I wasn't prepared. It's not right. about being prepared. You were upset because you couldn't control it. <laughs> you're right. See that? That's why I love you. I don't <laughs> like you sometimes, but I should love you. <laughs> Tisha, I love you, but I don't like you sometimes. That, that's per- that, that, man, you're absolutely right, though. See, you See? That's why I'm so glad to have you in my life, I tell you. <laughs> yeah, everybody else don't get jealous. I'm sorry, but I have a very good friend. I have a very good friend on this on this line here with me. Thank you, Keisha. <laughs> Thank you, you hey, you are more than welcome. I well and the funny thing about it was, um, every year I I don't do New Year's resolutions. I haven't for for a number of years, but I usually have a focusing word. And the focusing word is designed to ground me and center me. When, you know, these natural feelings will come up like, oh, my gosh, this is ridiculous. Why can't I do And why can't I do this? And da, da, da. all of that, I have a focusing word that I use. Yeah. And ironically enough, 2020's focusing word was freedom. Okay. And that was freedom from anything that does not serve me. Freedom from anything that is going to stifle me. Freedom from anything that is going to cause me to operate in a way that is less than what I was created to be. Freedom from anything that was going to try to confine me or define me in a way that does not fit into the way, what I was created to be. Freedom spiritually, freedom financially, freedom physically, freedom mentally, all of this. And so one by one in the first half of 2020, oh, whole bunch of things started getting stripped away yeah and and yeah. i was oh my gosh what wait what do you mean that's gone oh my gosh i've had this contract for eight years what do you mean we're not you're not renewing do you not realize it's a pandemic you know i got bills to pay what is that's what i and then i had to stop and say you asked for freedom you've had that for eight years and the last year or two you've remarked at how frustrating it is because you're not making the impact that you were before. There's new leadership, new management. They are no longer going in the direction that you need to go in. But you didn't want to cut the cord. So guess what? The cord got cut. Yeah. Freedom yes, from did. relationships and other people who no longer served you. If you have a mentality that you have a vision of where you want to go, and this is in particular for anyone who has aspirations or a vision of being greater than where you are now. If you have a vision of where you want to go and you have people around you who are constantly speaking to the old you and to who you used to be, yes. 
Those people do not need to be in your circle. It's time to go. You're right. I agree. So I agree. 2021, my, my, my word that I was given for 2021 is truth. Truth. Okay. And it's walking in the truth of who I am. It's walking in, the, in, in, in accepting and embracing and celebrating my voice. It's understanding that I am different from everybody else. Everybody's different from everybody else. So why are you spending so much time trying to be like everybody else? Be you. Man, everybody that, else is thinking. That's right. I agree. I agree. I agree with that. I always look at myself. I, I am an original. Yes. You are. Nobody's going to be like me. Nobody's going to say it like me. Nobody's going to do it like me. I am an original. And you're right. I, I appreciate that. I, I I will make that part of my focus. Truth, walking in who I am. Yep. All right. And with, now, with that said, because I got, oh, gosh, I got about 10 minutes here. So, so. <laughs> of course now, <laughs> I, I know it exactly. It's like nah, I still got more. I, I still have more, and I'm trying like trying to close this, <laughs> trying to close this segment out. It's very hard to do that. I, I'm just gonna say this. Give us, if you would, give us a couple of points uh, that, from a leadership standpoint, give us a couple of points for us to focus on. In 2021. So a couple of things. Um, you need to love yourself enough to trust the process. And what I mean by that is if you love yourself truly, you want the best for you. You want whatever you have coming to you that is going to enhance you, that's going to cause you to grow, that's going to cause you to be the best person you can be, the best leader you can be, most, the most successful you can be. So love yourself enough to trust the process that you go through to develop into that. That's number one. The second thing is change your mindset, master your success. Every single thing that you encounter, every single thing that you are struggling with, battling against, seeming like you're butting your head against the wall and, and you're not moving forward, you need to start examining, what am I thinking about this? How am I thinking about this? How am I seeing this? Look at your perspective and your perception and the way that you are seeing this and understanding this in your head. Because that influences the way you feel about it and the way you experience it. So always go back to, what am I thinking about this? If it seems hard and if it seems like it's frustrating you, what am I thinking about this? What am I perceiving this to be? Because that will drastically change your, your emotional state. And the third thing that I would say is do something different. There are tons of resources out there. My book, this podcast, uh, you've written um, a book. There's, there's, there's videos on YouTube. There's TED Talks. There's articles. There's all of this vast information. Do something with it. And if you don't know where to start, use the rule of twos. 
what is one thing that I'm going to do immediately in the next two days? What is one thing that I'm going to implement in the next two weeks? And what is the third thing that I'm going to implement in the next two months? Ooh, that's, that's good information. You, that's how you start the process of change. I like that's that. That's all I can. I like that. Okay, I like that. Okay, because I'll put it like this. Uh, everybody, if you've heard me and Keisha talk, uh, oh, gosh, I've had my show now for three years. So I've had Keisha here at least four times. If, if not, this is probably the fifth or sixth time. Um, we never finish our conversation. Never, ever <laughs> do we finish <laughs> our conversation. Uh, of course, uh I'm going to have for all of you that I made the announcement a little bit, I guess probably last show, that I'm on. I'm going to be on, still on this platform, meaning I will definitely have my radio show. But I have, uh, and I have another opportunity to do, uh, to be on streaming television now. Uh, like, uh, yes, very excited about that. So, uh, Roku TV, Amazon Fire, uh, Apple TV. Uh, will be coming up. So I'm going to definitely have Keisha on there as well. So just kind of give everybody a heads up. You know, this was not planned for me to say this, but I felt just led to say that that uh, you're going to get a lot more uh, uh, from us going forward. So so just count this as part one of our conversation. Because <laughs> we have a lot more to talk about. Definitely a lot more yeah, to talk about. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But Keisha, thank you so much again. Uh, always being here, like I said, I, I appreciate our friendship outside of uh, the show. I appreciate your expertise, your knowledge, your encouragement, uh, and then just knowing you as a just a downright down home good person. So I really appreciate you being in my life personally. I would definitely say that. Well, thank you, and it, it likewise you you have uh, I've loved the fact that we have developed this friendship. You know, we brother and sister now, we family. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, yes, we are. So, we are fam now. <laughs> we are family, and uh, it, it is always a pleasure to talk to you, whether it's you know on this show or or in our other conversations. And I have just been so excited and proud um, to watch you step into more of your, your gifts, talents, and abilities, and, and really, you know, the opportunity to, to have a video uh, streaming platform um, with your own television show in addition to the radio is amazing. And I know that you are going to continue to bring first-rate content, information, insights, and really sound advice for people who listen who really want to do the work yes. to, change, yes. to change the trajectory of their life. So yeah. I'm 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 doing my happy dance over here going woohoo. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Now give us your information, Keisha, before we get off here. Let let people know website information, contact information, and also where they can get a, a copy of the book uh, coming out. Um, well, the easiest way to get to me is to go to my website, which is carsgroup.com. That is K A R S. G-R-O-U-P dot com and CARS stands for Knowledge Always Reigns Supreme. Um, you can also do a search for my name, Keisha A. Rivers. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter, um, Instagram. 
But if you go to my website, you can also under the resources tab, there is a link for the bookstore and you will be able to purchase all three of my books. Um, the newest one coming out uh, will be available to ship in uh, February. Um, it is also available on Amazon and a number of other platforms um, that's coming. Books a Million, Barnes and Noble, and, and all of that will be available there in the next uh, couple of weeks. But uh, by all means, go to my website, carsgroup.com. That's the easiest way to find all of my info in one spot. And drop me a line and schedule a 15-minute chat with me. Um, if you want to talk more about this and, and see how I can work with you and your organization to help you to uh, become equipped for change, to embrace it, to manage it, and to lead through it. Absolutely. It will be well, well worth it. So this is just, like I said, only a drop uh, of, of who Keisha is and what she can do uh, for your business or for your organization and also for your life. So. So again, Keisha, thank you so much for being here tonight and uh, look forward to having you back on, of course, uh, very, very soon. Awesome. Thank you so much. And Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah, Happy New Year. <laughs> perfect, perfect. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for tuning into the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show. You can catch my show every Tuesday night at, uh, at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you haven't touched base with me, you can reach me on social media, um, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, but you can also go to my website at shipmanconsulting.com uh, for send me an email or have some opportunity to work with you personally from a financial standpoint. I would love to be, uh, be able to help you uh, with your finances, especially with improving your financial outlook. Now, as we get ready to close, I want you to remember these words regarding your money and your life. Give cheerfully, spend carefully, and invest wisely. But before we go, you know, I always have to play a little bit of music uh, as we get ready to go off. So let's catch this tune by Mr. Marion Meadows. Take care, everyone. Take care, Keisha. We'll talk soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> 